Welcome to the Outpost Church Podcast. Here's our message from our recent Sunday gathering. We hope you're encouraged. It's normal, but just check out. Um, how good we've got Bethany sharing today. Oh, I love Bethany. I just, you know, I'm, now I'm up here. I'll give you a bit of an intro while you get yourself organized. Uh, my first real memory of Bethany is when we we were the just interim youth pastors at the time at Seeds. Bethany, what's official? You're up here, um, and I'd sort of seen this group of girls, and they were all really cool and fun, and I was looking forward to meeting them. Anyway, but the first real interaction we had was when we were doing a little prayer huddle thing, and. I was praying for a couple of girls, and I think Beth was one of them, but then she, she turned to me, I think I prayed for you first, maybe, but then she goes, can I pray for you? And I was like, oh, hey, That's not how I remember. Hey, uh, what do you I remember? I asked you to pray for me, and you were like, only if you pray for me. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Amazing. She's challenging me. <laughs> anyway, my first memory is when you prayed, that time when you prayed for me, and it was such a great prayer. It was so like passionate and fiery and bold. And Beth is a passionate, bold, fiery woman that loves God. And, you know, in, in front of people, but in a quiet place as well. And just been such a consistent um, woman of God. And, I mean, Beth and Scotty, over the years while we've been doing this church, they were on the team that started like a few times, a few in the few rocky patches. We've had a few tough times in, in, in the life of our church in the early days, um, but I was like, can you imagine doing this without Scotty and Beth? And Shane's like, I don't want to imagine doing this without Scotty and Beth. Um, very thankful for their faithfulness, because I don't know if Outpost Church would have been here without Scotty and Beth. So big love to these guys and just their faithfulness, and so excited to hear from Beth what she has to share. So let me pray. Father, we just thank you for Beth and for the word that you have on our heart, that she has something to bring to us from you today. And I pray that each one of us would have our hearts open and ready to receive what she has to bring and what you have to bring to us today. Lord, give us ears to hear and eyes to see what you're saying, what you're doing. And may we not just hear it, but may we be responsive to it. May we be obedient to the word that we hear through this. Any convictions that you bring that we wouldn't just hear it in the moment, but we would go away, we would act upon what you're speaking to us, that we'd be Um, responsive to your voice and yeah we just pray blessing over Beth that she'll be more blessed through this than we are blessed from receiving amen thanks Christy that was exactly the amount of time I needed for my hotspot to connect so that was great appreciate that hi everyone so good to be sharing keen to be here um we're gonna jump straight into it grab your bibles and we're opening up to Matthew chapter 6 verse 19 page 860 if you've got one of the schmancy ones. Give you a couple of seconds. Anyone need a Bible? Chuck your hand up if you do. Some of the end of the rows. Anyone else? Everyone else has got one? Matthew chapter 6, sorry, verse 19. Matthew 6. Do you want to just look up at me when you've got it? 
Amazing. Great. Um, All right. Verse 19. Don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves don't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. So if the light within you is darkness, how deep is that darkness? No one can serve two masters, since either he will hate one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Therefore, I tell you, verse 25, don't worry about your life, what you'll eat or what you drink, or about your body or what you'll wear. Isn't life more than food? Who knew? And the body more than clothing. Consider the birds of the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they? Can any of you add one moment to his lifespan by worrying? And why do you worry about clothes? Observe how the wildflowers of the field grow. They don't labour or spin thread. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendour was adorned like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and thrown into the furnace tomorrow, won't he do so much more for you? You have little faith. So don't worry saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? But the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. What a passage. I feel like I can just sit down, because that's basically the whole point of my message, but I will keep rambling for you. Um, Today I want to talk about the provision of God and what it looks like to be seeking first his kingdom and believing that he is good and able to provide for us and what we need. And also about what it looks like to be um, receiving his provision and actually stewarding the relationship that we have with him well and doing it right. Um, And I think we can all probably think of moments where we've maybe done that really well, like we've relied on God's provision and um, he's pulled through and then times where maybe we haven't done that as well and we've dipped back into our own strength. Um, And my personal relationship with God and provision and money and all of that, it's been up and down, but definitely I'm I'm very thankful for the last few years in somewhat, as I'm going to share in a bit of a testimony of um, being forced into believing that God is a provider and he is capable You know, I do have a real sense of God's, um, his faithfulness in the area of provision and his character and his heart towards me to provide and this hope and this belief that he is a God that does provide. And the night and day difference when you, the difference between carrying the weight of needing to provide for yourself, like that on its own is one thing, let alone providing for your kids or your family or your community, like the weight of carrying that on yourself versus the weight of like giving that to God and letting him carry it, there's no, it doesn't compare. It's huge, the difference. And with this scripture too, it's not just an invitation so that we can, you know, give it to God so we can be lighter. It's give it to God so we can focus on the kingdom and we can seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and know that our, our stuff will be provided, but our priority and our motivation can be focused on him and focused on seeing his kingdom come 
on earth. And the biggest example for me over the past few years um, of learning to trust God is definitely manna. And um, the cafe that Scotty and I own, and I actually just wanted to share a bit of the testimony behind manna and realized I hadn't in a while. A lot of you would know it, or you've like literally walked with us through it. Um, Some people might know it in parts and others might not at all, but um, it's not anything that groundbreaking or revolutionary, but it's been the testimony of manna and the start of it and God's provision in that space has been a hugely significant experience in my life of what it looks like to trust God, to provide and to stop focusing on that so you can focus on the kingdom instead and the fruits of focusing on the kingdom are so much more productive and positive and exciting than the fruits of focusing on everything else. So we are actually coming up on three years of owning Mana in July. So almost, but we're coming up on it. Um, but our journey started a while before that. Scotty actually always wanted to own a cafe and he left school in year 12 and he did a baker's apprenticeship. In case you didn't know, he's like a qualified baker. It's so good. <laughs> Marry a baker. <laughs> he just made Portuguese custard tarts just like just this week, just cause bread. So good. Um, he turned his dual cab ute into a cafe, into like a portable coffee van, which was pretty epic. Um, and he, in the time we were dating, I reckon he applied for, at least looked at, if not applied for, half a dozen dumps. <laughs> pieces of trash sites that could have been cafes that he had a vision for that he was like this shipping container on the side of a railway track this could be a cafe or like this giant restaurant he's not in the room I feel bad like talking about him but wherever he is he knows and he was like it was just one of those things where it's like he's so passionate there's no logic there's no real like experience there's nothing to it it's one of those things that's like it's so God and like if it works it's only because of God because you just can't do it in your own strength Um, and plenty of doors (laughs) were closing. There was no open doors inside, Um, especially when he married me, and I was, like, not interested at all in owning a cafe. That does not sound like fun. I was like, yeah, sure, we'll add it to our, like, bucket list, but I'm like, we're, like, in our 30s or something, maybe in 10 years. We'll do kids, we'll, like, travel, we'll do other fun things first, and then we can buy a cafe, I guess. Um, But I was, like, working full-time, he was working full-time, like, we got a good thing going, like, we don't need a cafe. Um, But Scotty was, sometimes to my detriment, and still is, a very prayerful guy. Um, And in case you know, our house is situated like at the other end of Main Road. We obviously church here. When he would go to work, he would drive out that way. And the building that is now Manor, we would drive past it a lot. And it was closed for, for as long as we lived down here. And every time we would drive past it, he'd be like, thank you, God, for that building. Thanks, Lord, for just giving us that building. Thank you, Lord, for our future cafe that's going to be in that building. Like, so random. Like, I don't know why it was that. It just happened to be, it was like, yeah, he just had this faith for that building, not really even doing anything to pursue it or that passionate about that, but it just happened to be this prayer that he clung on to. And, um, yeah, I was pretty cold to the idea. Until one day I just wasn't. And that's when it started to be like, okay, maybe God is starting to, like, open doors and, like, move things forward and so he suggested that we go and look at it just go look inside and like the day we just went to go look at border collie puppies and we weren't going to come home with one (laughs) turns out it was cool space um and yeah so we went in and that really was the start of just like the one open door meant to led to another open door and another open door and another one and it was just like it was crazy so I just wanted to share like rapid fire some of the awesome things that were that time 
Um, it's my sad baby in that room. <laughs> um, yeah, so the day we went to look at the venue was actually the day that the real estate agents had dropped the landlord, which sounds like a red flag, but it was actually a blessing in disguise because it had been on the market for like two years. They were trying to sell it. Then they kind of like downgraded. They were like, we'll just rent it. And then they downgrade. They're like, we'll rent out both spaces. Like they were just trying everything to get someone into this building. No one was interested. It just happened that the day that we were like, oh, we'll just go check it out. They were like, we're done. We're not doing this anymore. We're not representing you. And so the day we arrived, we, the police sign was gone and it was just the landlord standing there. And if we'd met with a real estate agent that day, like they would have scared us out of that building. <laughs> they would have like totally been like, yeah, they would have tried to bump up our price. Like they would have definitely not been as warm as our beautiful, <laughs> older, very generous landlord who like just wants to help some kids out and... Yeah, like he just was so generous with us and being able to meet with him in person was like just such an answer to prayer. And then we offered him like a bunch of money below the asking price. He said he'd had someone else, which I still to this day don't know if that was a bit of like a play, but um, he said he'd had someone else offer him more money, but he's like, I want to give you two kids a chance. And he said yes. And um, he the next big blessing was that we, part of our lowball offer was that we wanted to not pay rent until three months after we opened. So that was great. We signed that. We locked that in. <laughs> February of 2020, we can bring our minds back. March of 2020, the whole world shut down, <laughs> including all hospitality venues. So we didn't end up opening until July of that year. Didn't end up start paying rent until October of that year. So we signed it in February. Didn't have to pay rent till October which was a great blessing because we had no money. Like, I look back, as I was writing, so I was like, what were we doing? Like, what was our plan? Where were we planning on funding this thing from? Um, and so, yeah, it was just such a blessing because of that. And um, we just had all this time to like, renovate it. That was great. Um, and, yeah, just the finances, that's probably the biggest testimony that I'm going to touch on, but it's not by any means the, the, the full sum of what God has done through Manor, but... Um, yeah, right from the start, it was just like this real confidence in his ability to provide for us in these open doors. Um, around this time too, like Scotty really felt like God was telling him to double his tithes. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I hear God telling me the same thing, but I really affirm you're listening to God and like go for it. Um, but yeah, it was just like the logic of just like, wow, we should probably start saving really hard. And like we're going from these like two full-time incomes to one income plus starting a business, we should probably like be hustling and saving and doing all of that. And Scotty's like, let's give away twice as much as what we normally give away. Like that makes sense. And so we did. And yeah, it just like, it just felt like this. Yes. Like it just felt like this momentum and it was only God. And so when it's like, when it's only God and you don't feel like you're working that hard, but all this stuff's happening, it's kind of like, what's the, let's just see what happens. Like, what's the worst thing that can happen? Like, let's just ride this train and see where it goes. And so we did and we opened and it was really positive. And the first month was awesome and we were learning so much and it was just like absolutely wild. Um, but fast forward a few months and then we had to start paying these things called bills. <laughs> Such a downer. Um, and every quarter we would get this big chunky lineup of bills like, 
GST and payroll tax and like superannuation, all this stupid stuff that you have to pay your employees and which is great for them. <laughs> um, it just would come in every quarter like this big, at the start it was like $20,000 just like dropped on us every quarter and it would go up to like 30 and it was just this like massive sum and we'd have like maybe five grand in our account every time this bill would rock up, like maybe if that. And we're like, what do we do every quarter for like not once or twice, like the first like 18 months, maybe even more, it was just like massive bill, no money to pay it. Like massive bill, no money to pay it. Like what is the plan? Um, and we're really thankful to have business partners in Scotty's parents so that they just were basically bankrolling us and we were going 50-50 every time these bills came in. Um, so we didn't have like a bank, you know, stress over that. But it was still very, very, very stressful. And we got to this point where we really... Like, we didn't know what to do. And I described it. It was like, it felt like we were paying people to come and eat at our cafe. <laughs> like, with the amount of money you're spending, it's like, what is the point in people coming? And it's like, the more business you get, like, that's great. But then you have to put on more staff and then you have to pay more tax. And like, this sucks. Like, what is this life? How do people do this? Um, not to mention, like, every few months, our capacity would drop to 75% or to 50% or to 25% because of COVID. And so we'd go from being able to have 75 people in the cafe to overnight we could have 25 people in the cafe in 12 in each room. Like, it was just ridiculous. Like, there was no way to maintain it. And we were like, God, like, what are you doing? Like, why did we open these doors? Like, why did you open these doors? What's the plan? And there was this one day where we just, one time where we got to a point where we're like, there's like literally nothing else to do. There's no other like chess pieces to move. There's no other plays. Like, we have to pray. That's like the last thing in our tool belt that we can try. And um, so we needed money for this upcoming 20K bill. There's also like other practical stuff, like we needed some staff, like we'd also been trying to get pregnant with Noah for a long time and we just like felt like there was just these things that we just were like, oh, we want some momentum on these things that just aren't moving. Um, so we did. We, I came to the cafe every morning at 6am and Scotty would be like serving people and then it was pretty quiet at that time, so then we'd pray and then he'd go back and serve some more people and then we'd pray some more and then I'd go home, get ready for work and go work for the day and we did it basically every day for a month, maybe a bit longer. I think we were fasting as well at that time, just like asking God that, yeah, to provide for us. Um, and then one month later was the first time we were ever able to pay that $20,000 bill from our bank account, our business bank account, and nothing changed. Like, I honestly cannot think of like, oh, there was that big event that was like a ripper thing for us, or we figured something else out. It was just like, why can we pay this? I have no idea. Um, and we generally, we had like $8 left in our account, but we paid the bill anyway, and it was like so good. Um, and we also like found out we were pregnant, and it was like, oh, yay, God, and we like found stuff. Like it was just all these answers to prayer. We're like, oh, it works. Like when you stop trying to do it yourself, like it's like this thing is real. Um, you know, we trusted God to provide. And so then we like started ticking along as well, um, kept going, etc. And then fast forward a few, another like maybe six months, um, and we found ourselves back in the exact same position once again. And um, 2021, COVID was like pretty hardcore for us all. And for us, it meant like we lost a lot of business. We lost a lot of money. We lost a lot of hope. And it was like, I mean, I kicked myself like even just, you know, sharing this again. It's like, he provided for us. Why didn't we have that faith again? But it's just the way it was. Like we just, yeah, we had that real lack of faith. And I was like very pregnant. I just have this memory of being very pregnant and I'd been, and we needed this, this bill had come up and we needed to pay it again. And um, we, I'd, 
also been spent, like I'd been hustling during this pregnancy to like save some money and working extra hours and I've got like set consulting that I do but then I can do freelancing on top of that with my job and so I was working, working, basically working full time, like saving all of this money and I had this little kitty set aside that was like, in case I can't go back to work after three months like I'd planned to, in case there's something wrong with the baby, like all of this, it's like backup plan is this like little protection fund, like this is mine, this will look after us. Um, and then this bill came in and literally the only way to pay it was to empty out that bank account straight into the cafe and like start from zero again, like right as I was going into maternity leave. Um, and it was like a few weeks before Christmas. I just remember being like 35 weeks pregnant, very hormonal. I ditched a bread across the kitchen in just like a bread, like a, what do they call it? A loaf of bread. And just like locked myself, we have like a little prayer cupboard at home. And I just have this memory of just like bawling my eyes out with the song Gyra playing, the worship song Gyra, just like, you are enough, like <laughs> forcing it into existence, like, come on, God, like, you have to be enough. And I mean, it was a wake up even for myself of just like, that was my money, like, I worked for that. It wasn't even our money, like, it was mine, like, I worked for it in my job, it was in my bank account, like, I was providing for my family, and then all of a sudden, it's like I was, like, giving it to Scotty, it was, like, the most, like, illogical position, and it was such a heart check of, like, gosh, this is not my money, like, this is not mine, this is not ours, like, this is God's, and if it's not God's, like, he, he can't run with it if I'm trying to like hold it and chain it to myself and be like, I'm going to provide for myself and you will pull through for me when I need, but I'm going to have my backup fund just in case. Do you know what I mean? Um, and other fun news at that time, we were also told by Scotty's parents, who are our business partners, that like this was the last time they were ever going to be like giving us money for this bill. So it was like, if this next quarter happened, middle of while I was like just had a baby, weren't making any money, didn't have any left in the kitty to spend it, they weren't going to give us any more money. Like, if the next quarter we were in the same boat, like, we were screwed. We were going to have to close the cafe and I don't know what we are going to do. And so, there's no choice again. <laughs> we had to pray because, like, literally what else can you do? Um, and so we did. Like, we intentionally prayed. We did what we needed to do and we thanked God that he'd provide for us, that, you know, we would be able to be plenty in need personally with you know, being a home and having a baby and all of that. Um, and, yeah, just because he's God and he's so good. Like, he pulled through for us again. And after that point, the next quarter, I think it was, um, we've never not been able to pay a bill ever again since that point. Like, praise God. It was like the next quarter, like, all this stuff happened. Like, we... I think we opened an extra day around that time, like another cafe closed down. I'm not saying that God closed another cafe down at all, but it was just like these things just were like fell into place and it was like, oh my gosh, like this is the moment that we've like cried at night being like, what, what happens that all of a sudden makes this thing start working? Like what day do you wake up and all of a sudden this was a good idea? And it was like, that was the time when we woke up and we're like, oh, it's like this was a good idea and we can actually stop focusing on like, the hardest part of it and actually start like being like cool what the heck are we doing with this business like what do you want us to do god like where's your kingdom coming what's happening in mclaren Vale? like let's get on it because we could get out of the weeds of um yeah the finances and so yeah praise god for that um and like i said like the money side of things is really it's just like the tiniest portion of where we've seen god be faithful when it comes to manna and 
like stuff like our staff like sharing their faith with one another and inviting people that have never been to church to church and connecting in with the community in really like deep friendship ways and walking with people through really hard stuff like the the team that are there like Nick and Scotty like the stuff that they get shared with like from people in the community is just so incredible and you know we had this um, word spoken over us a few months ago actually about someone saying it was like a a willow tree or an oak tree in the middle of the town. Um, maybe it should be a fig tree with all the big fig trees we have. Um, but it was like a big tree that was like a, a shelter in the town that people could come under and they could get provision and they could get comfort and shelter and warmth and um, just like the answers to prayer that we've seen. Even just from like, I hope from like people in the church as well, like when you walk in and there's someone there that's like, oh, I just, I needed to see you today or like I needed this quick conversation or the simple encouragements like and yeah, I'm so confident and we're still believing for like big, amazing things like revival through manner and healings to come and people to come to faith. Like no joke, that's not like a pipe dream. Like maybe imagine if that happened. It's like we want to see that happen. But I'm also just as impacted by people walking in and being like, wow, like I just feel this peace here. Or like something just feels different or people knowing we're Christians and still wanting to come, like, you know, still wanting to engage in conversations and they're not being that sense, being able to represent God, you know, to people that maybe don't have other people representing God to them on a day-to-day basis. Um, So yeah, there's no denying, you know, when our minds shifted, like from providing ourselves to providing for ourselves to really seeking the kingdom of God, like the whole atmosphere and my experience of the cafe definitely has changed um, there's this crazy, unverified set of stats that I read. Um, as in, I didn't look them up again. I just saw them once and was like, yeah, I'll preach that. Um, so nearly 15% of everything that Jesus spoke about related to money and possessions. So that's like if, you know, we preach 70, sorry, 52 messages a year, that's like eight weeks of our whole year being dedicated to money. <laughs> like that's full on. We don't even do a tiny bit of that. Um, 16 of his 38 parables dealt with the topic of money and the only subject that he taught more about than money was the kingdom of God. So it mattered to Jesus. It's a significant part of our walk with him is the way that we are positioned towards our possessions, positioned towards our finances and his ability to provide for us. And money, I don't mean necessarily what's in your bank account. I mean like the roof over our head and the clothes on our back and our food and you know, that what we need to get through life, like, that's what he, he cares and he's concerned about those things and he's concerned about our position on those things. And I don't think I'm only talking for myself when I say that. A lot of Christians, and I know for myself too, like, we, we have a desire, everyone I think has a desire to be set up and looked after and safe and secure in our finances and our home and our, you know, that's like a, that's a valid thing. And um, I'm sure you've heard and maybe said the term, like, I want to be a really good steward of my finances. Like, I want to be smart. I want to be a good steward. And I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm not saying you should throw out your money or anything. But I can, I do think that sometimes our position towards our finances and our provision and what we need is it's leaving us closed off to what God actually wants to mobilize us to do. And it's distracting us from his kingdom. Because if he's not, if his kingdom isn't concerned with us having all of this money and being smart and safe and secure in our finances, like, then we need to not be, have that as our top priority too. Does that make sense? And I felt like a few months ago, really convicted, like God was saying to me, are you being a better steward of your finances 
than you are of your relationship with me? Are you putting more aside? Do you have more backup funds to protect yourself just in case? Or do you have a a bank of time and my word and energy and like, you know, relationship with me that you can draw from? Are you even coming to me first? Or are you providing for what you need and then hoping that I'll give you an abundance on top of that? And again, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with like having savings or having an investment and a plan, but I do think there is something wrong with us being more secure in our finances and our belongings than in our ability to trust God to provide those things for us. Um, Especially if, you know, if security and safety and stewardship is leading us down a path of worry and fear and anxiety, then it's not security at all. It's a lie And it's a robbery of the position of confidence that he does actually want to give us in his ability to provide for us. And partnering with that lie and deciding that we're going to provide for ourselves is not being obedient. And the rough part is that, like, not being obedient to what God tells us to do is actually sin. Choosing to listen to him and to say no, like, that's sin. That's a big thing to carry and to, to do And when it comes to finances, like, that's something we can be doing without even realising it, like, kind of on autopilot just from our position um, in that, yeah. Back to that scripture, like, like I said, this really does just sum up everything I want to say in my heart for this. But, you know, verse 26, consider the birds of the sky, they don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they? Aren't we worth him providing for us? Doesn't he love us? Didn't he create us? Like, isn't he our father? I don't know if any of you with kids, like, they, I know with Noah, like, he provides nothing for me, but (laughs) many sleepless nights and a lot of joy and, like, fun and all of that, but I'm always going to give him what he needs. Like, that's just such a default position because he's so worth that. Like, that's who he is. Like, he's worthy of being provided for. And that's, you know, to believe that God actually sees us like that um, is a big thing, like a big heart check to actually be like, wow, I'm actually worthy of God providing for me. We don't deserve to not be provided for. Like, that's what he's saying. Um, Verse 31, you know, don't worry, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? The Gentiles eagerly seek all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. You know, God is a really caring and kind God. He knows what we need, and he provides for us so that we can stay focused on his kingdom And we can keep moving forward with him. And we can accomplish what he wants us to accomplish on earth. And we can just see incredible things and have incredible experiences with him. Because we're not worrying about all this other stuff. And when our minds are focused on the kingdom too, like it's worth noting, we're not unwise with our finances. In fact, like we're a lot smarter. We're a lot more wise. We're a lot more honoring to our family. Like... We're a lot more resourceful and thrifty and clever and entrepreneurial. Like, that's when we do have our mind focused on the kingdom and we let him guide us and lead us and influence us, you know, we're actually better stewards of our money than if we were to, you know, be drawing from a sense of fear and worry. We're drawing from wisdom instead. For us, like for Scotty and I, a big area 
um, big shift in this area is in the space of generosity and something we really felt like we needed to carve out space and solidify in our family and this can the conviction that we are called to provide for one another right like in the body especially and if I'm providing for you that's actually God providing for you and if you're providing for me like that's also God providing for me like that we have a responsibility to care for one another and so for us that looks like you know we have systems like we're not stupid with money we know that like we work and (laughs) we trust that God has called us to our workplaces and you know, all of that, but it also means that we have a real non-negotiable that if one comes to the other and says, I really want to give money to this person or to this cause or to this friend or for this reason, and the other responds in fear or worry, like, then that's not God. And we need to be willing to, even if it was savings for, a, you know, a fun time or savings for a holiday or savings for a new hot water system or whatever it is, it's like knowing that if God has called us to provide for someone else, it's illogical to think that he's not going to replenish what we need by our choice to help, you know, fulfill what someone else needs. And that's stuff like, you know, investing in ministries or someone's really in need doing it. But it's also like, wow, a friend, you know, has a stovetop that's broken and they love to cook and that's really special and important to them and we want to help them be able to get back to doing that thing. So we've got money sitting in an account, which is for what, a holiday in two years? Like, I think we can spare a few dollars from that to provide for that. Or other friends have things that they need for their kids that they just quite haven't got the cash for right now. Like, we can afford them. Like, let's pay for them for someone else. And it's just believing that, you know, God is able to provide what we need when we are, we're generous to provide what other people need. We say it's like monopoly money. Like, our giving money is monopoly money. It's just like, it's toy money. It doesn't matter. <laughs> It'll come back. Like... And this sounds a little bit frivolous. It sounds like, wow, you guys must be loaded. Um, That's not the point. I'm not here to tell you, like, my financial state. Like, that's not the point. And I'm telling you, if I had a dollar in my account, I would hope that I had the same heart and the same intention and the same focus and belief in God than if I had a million dollars, which would be great. You know, like, just to have that position. So, you know, finances somewhere between a dollar and a million dollars. You can do what you will from that. Yeah, so my, yeah, the logic of him not providing for us doesn't make sense. And that, I'll just encourage you, like, if you are in a, whether it's you're on your own or you're in a family or whatever, like, just explore what that could look like to have not even a bank account which you set money aside to be generous, like, your money that you were going to spend on breakfast tomorrow or you were going to spend on your holiday or you were going to service your car with, like, to put it aside for someone else to actually, sorry, not put it aside, like, to give it to someone else and to just see how fun it is to do it. Like, see how good it feels when you're able to provide for one another and live in family and in the body. And again, like, my main point here is not to just talk about money. Like, my biggest lesson with manna, it isn't about money. It's about God's provision and it's about his, his character. Like, getting to the character and the heart of God and believing that he is who he says he is, that he's kind and he's generous and he's a father, like he's a provider. He'll give us what we need in order to accomplish what he has set out for us to do. And whether it's money or it's time, um, you know, I had a real personal conviction over my time and my capacity a little while ago and I was like taking on way too many things and then getting all mad at all these things for taking up all my time and then ditching all the things because I was burnt out and I just felt like God saying like, if you actually involve me in the start when you're saying yes to things, 
then when you're overwhelmed, I can also have influence then because I can remind you that I called you to do those things, you know, like, and I can get you enough energy, enough motivation, enough hours in the day to get through tomorrow. And I can help you figure out maybe some areas where you have taken on too much and you need to, you know, reorganize your life. But just this sense of like, I don't set my capacity anymore. God sets my capacity and I'm able to accomplish so much more when I stop trying to figure that out on my own. And, you know, so whether it's money, whether it's our time, whether it's our relationships, whether it's our hobbies, which can become obsessions, like whatever it is, we need to take a proactive... <laughs> no pointing fingers to the runners in the room. <laughs> Whatever it is, like, we need to take, as his, as his children and as serious Christians, because that's what we are, right? Like, we're serious about the kingdom. We're serious about the gospel. And we need to take a proactive role in our faith to tackle the stuff that is standing in the way of a life that honours him and that does justice to who he is because he paid for our freedom, right? Like he died for it. To not live in a way that honours that and receives that, like it's a waste of the death. Like it's, it's a robbery of what it is that he's paid for us. And in doing so, like releasing control of our lives to him, is the biggest gift and joy, especially as someone who loves to be in control. Anyone else like that in this room? <laughs> yes, a lot of mums, a lot of women. You know, it's like, oh, I love to, if no one's gonna be in charge, I'll do it. Like, I love having someone in charge, but the idea of being able to be like, oh, God is actually in charge, is so freeing and so encouraging and you just get to like sink back like a little kid again and just like trust that in the way we used to trust that you know our parents would provide what we need and our kids do it's like we get to trust that our dad will provide for us what we need and we can stay focused on the kingdom because that really matters hey like I had this as I was preparing this I just had this like Jesus is coming back Like, we hear that a lot and we're aware of it and we're conscious of it. But actually, like, what else matters if Jesus is coming back? He doesn't care how well, how wise we've been in the world's standards. He doesn't care what we've multiplied on earth, what treasures we've stored up on earth. He cares what we've done for the kingdom and we've done for one another and who we've told about his goodness and how we've taught our kids about him and how we've shared him in our communities. Like, He is actually coming back. And the kingdom of God in the span of everything else, like, oh, it's almost like just so intense to think about it that we don't and we just stay getting on with, like, life and just focus on that. And it's not to invalidate our lives and what's important to us, but to actually keep that awareness that nothing matters except for that. And everything matters within that (laughs) that we are motivated towards. So I just encourage you, I guess, like to ask yourself, how is your life positioned in these areas? You know, the Bible says we're in Christ. Are we living like we're in Christ? Are we trusting God to provide for what we need? Are we trusting him to be our partner and our companion? The band can maybe come up if you like. You know, are we believing that, you know, we bring what we have, he'll bring what, we, what he has, and we'll have more than enough. Like, is that our understanding of it? And there's not condemnation or judgment or guilt that's supposed to come if the answer is no. It's supposed to be a sense of freedom that we're able to receive and to dig into and, you know, like actually pick up. 
But are we being better stewards of our lives and our finances than we are of our relationship with God? Do we have room in our budget or in our schedule or in our friendship groups or on a Sunday to actually be aware of his spirit and his voice and to respond accordingly to what we feel like he's actually telling us to do? Or do we need to make room? Do we need to stop for a second and slow down and say, God, what are you doing? Where are you speaking? Where are you leading me? Where, am I, where is my heart not positioned right? And I, you know, none of this is to say I have this all figured out and I'm just in a room of people who have no idea what I'm talking about because I just look around and I'm like, so many people here just like, Laura just lives her life like with this to a T. It's so encouraging to see her, to see you just like provide for these boys and say yes to bringing in these little humans to look after and just knowing that you can do that because God's going to look after you and that is just like, Oh, so encouraging and there's so many amazing parents in this room both together and separately who I just like have so much awe and respect and yeah just absolute just honor for the way that you trust God and love your kids and show them him and you're consistent in in your relationship with him and there's so many people in this room that just like trust Jesus and our amazing pastors who just their door is never locked like don't tell anyone that, but <laughs> metaphorically and I think literally. Um, but they, I mean, I remember Christy's talking about those first moments that, you know, we, we became friends with them, but it was literally like we'd be at their house for hours, like after a meeting, and we'd be like, we've really overstayed our welcome. And she's like, you never overstay your welcome. <laughs> she's like, I will tell you when you need to leave. You know, like that, they're so open. We're so privileged to have pastors who love God so intensely and trust him and lay their lives down for him and that just looks like such a blessing for all of us like I don't think there's anyone in this room who hasn't experienced like the blessing of their ability to trust God to provide for them and provide for us and like they said but you know we've been part of this church since the start and even just financially as a church like there's never been a sense of like doubting God's ability to keep a roof over our heads or to keep people in the room or to keep his kingdom moving in McLaren Vale because that's actually what matters, right? We're so blessed to have you guys. So it's not a sense of like, guys, we need to get this right. We need to figure this out. We need to start from scratch. It's a sense of let's look at one another and be encouraged. Let's look at the word of God and believe it and live it. Let's look at the person of Jesus and let's try and emulate who he is and let's receive what he has for us and trust him. Trust that he's good. Trust that he'll provide for you to give you what you need and that the life of trusting God in the kingdom is so much more abundant than what you could save for yourself or steward for yourself or create for yourself. So much better. So, so, so much better. All right, I'm going to pray and then let's respond in the best way, which is worship. Thank you, God, that you are just so good. Thank you for the way that you have provided for me, provided for my family, provided for our community that, yeah, there wasn't a day where you left us behind. And every single one of us in this room, Lord, there's never been a day where you've forgotten us, where you've abandoned us. And God, we just want to get it. We want to get our hearts. We want to get our understanding of you right. We want to know who you are so that we can trust you and we can live our lives focused on you, Jesus. 
in a way that honours you, in a way that does justice to the price that you paid for our freedom, God. Thank you that you are good and you are able and you're kind. Just pray that right now you would bring awareness to all of us of areas where you're just gently prodding at our hearts and saying, I think that I could have a really positive influence in this space. I think I could make a difference and I think that that would take a load off your back, Lord. Just show us those areas where, yeah, that is maybe showing up and affirm the areas where we are aligned with you, God. Thank you that you are here, Lord. We want to hear your voice. And bigger than that, we want to respond to it. We want to actually know it and be able to say yes to it no matter what. We love you, Jesus. Amen.